Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Hope. It's good to be back with you after uh, getting to enjoy last weekend away. I hope you all had a delightful Labor Day weekend and uh, an enjoyable popcorn fest for all of you who made it out there yesterday. Uh, We like to begin our services with this greeting that uh, reminds us us why we're here. The Lord be with you. Thank you. Uh, That's why we gather together. Um, that's why you're, you're uh, checking in online right now. It's, it's because we need to be aware of God's presence with us. We need to be reminded. We need opportunities to sing to him and pray to him and, and together to listen for his spirit speaking through the scriptures and to gather around the table of our Lord Jesus. So uh, could we begin by bowing our heads and, and uh, begin with a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, I, I pray that you would help us today. Uh, to, to quiet our hearts before you, to be open to what you want to say to us. Uh, you know, God, that life can be so busy sometimes. We can just rush from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. And sometimes we need these moments to just help us pause, to open our hearts to you, to be able to give you thanks for all the good that you have given to us. I mean, God, right now, if we were to pause and think about it, we could all name at least a dozen good things you have brought into our life just in the past week. Things we've gotten to enjoy. Beautiful weather, delicious food, friends who care. All all the different good things, God, that you have sent our way. At the same time, God, uh, you invite us to lift up to you our needs and those things that that weigh us down, those things that we, maybe we're walking in here and we've got a thousand different things worrying us or weighing us down. And today, God, we, we don't leave those behind. You You come to us. You meet us where we are. You invite us to lift those things up to you because you can do something about these things. So God, we don't uh, don't come to you pretending that those things aren't here. We come to you today, God, uh, bringing all of it to you because you're the one who can do something about this. So thank you, God. Thank you for meeting us here. Help us to be open to connect with you as we sing and pray and all the rest. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, If you're able, if you're interested, let's stand and let's sing as we begin. Good morning. I'm glad you guys joined us today.
Psalms 9, 1, 14 through 16 says, if you hold on to me for dear life, says God, I'll get you out of any trouble. I'll give you the best of care if you'll only get to know and trust me. Call me and I'll answer. Be at your side in bad times. I'll rescue you, then throw you a party. I'll give you a long life, give you a long drink of salvation. bow your heads with me let's continue the prayers that we've started with these songs god it is true we we need you uh, thank you today for making us aware of that sometimes we can get so self-sufficient thinking we're running the world all by ourselves and god that is just not true you make us aware of all the ways that we fall short all the ways that we find ourselves weak in need of strength uh, confused in need of direction anxious in need of peace uh, God you give us wisdom you give us grace and God we desperately need these today help us God uh, not to just not to just struggle along on our own but help us to do like we sang earlier to run to you 
to your, to your throne of grace, the Bible says, where we can find mercy and grace to help us in our time of need because of Jesus. Because in Jesus, you have joined us right here in our broken humanity. You know what we go through. You know how we struggle. And instead of being far away and you know, looking down at us, disappointed for, uh, for the ways that we are weak, instead you can empathize with our weaknesses. You can pick us up when we have fallen. You can embrace us as your children and give us the strength, the power of your Holy Spirit to live a new life here in this world. So God, today we pray, forgive us our failures. Help us to have eyes open to see you and your love for us, to see the way you love the people around us so that we might love them with that same kind of love. God, right now, um, our hearts go out to some of our our neighbors and members of this church even who uh, are struggling, whether with, uh, with homelessness or addiction or grief or whatever it might be. God, we pray that they would be aware of your presence with them right in the midst of that struggle, that you would give them the strength that they need to, to keep putting one foot in front of the other each and every day. God, we pray that you would provide people to come alongside them, to support them and encourage them and to connect them with resources that they need. God, right now on the other side of the world, there are people in Morocco who've just suffered a terrible earthquake and... and uh, God, we pray that you would help them as they recover. Just as you were helping uh, American citizens in Maui who are recovering. Just as you continue to help displaced people all over the world. God, thank you that when these uh, disasters strike, you, you send helpers. You, you send your kids uh, to go and to be your hands and your feet. To be a shoulder to cry on, to be... Uh, hands that will hand resources to people in need. Thank you, God. Thank you that we get to be a part of this global family, the church, brothers and sisters around the world. Thank you, God, for the ways you have blessed us so that we can be a blessing to others. And thank you that when we find ourselves in need, God, you, you, you seem to be able to tap some of our brothers and sisters on the shoulder to send help our way. Help us, God, to have hearts open to uh, all the people around us and hearts open to you so that when that moment comes where we are the one providing help, we'll be ready and willing to say yes. You are so good, God. Today, right now, there are some of us gathered in this place, there are some of us watching online who are just feeling empty. And we're coming today because we need to know, is there something that can fill this emptiness? Is there... Is it possible that your love, that your grace, that your strength can help us? So God, please help us to be open to what you want to fill us with today, to what you want to provide for us, to what you want to give us so freely because you love us. God, you've shown us this love in your son, Jesus Christ. So it's in his name that we offer this prayer. Amen. Uh, the peace of the Lord be with you. Thanks. We're going to take a couple minutes so you can extend that peace to each other. Uh, shake someone's hand. Maybe say peace. Maybe say happy Sunday. Maybe introduce yourself. Hey, while the conversation's dying down in here, I want to tell you, uh, those of you online, we would love to hear from you. If you go to livinghope.info slash connect and fill out that little digital connect card. We'd love to know how we can pray for you, thank God with you, catch up with you. Uh, like we're all catching up with each other right now and we don't get a chance to do that uh, with you who are online. So leave us a comment, send us a, a note there at livinghope.info slash connect and uh, we'd love to connect with you. Um, and uh, same goes for all of us here in the room. You could, you could do that online or you could just grab one of those little green cards by the offering box and jot whatever it is uh, on there, whatever note, whatever question, whatever way we can pray for you on there and drop it in the box. And, uh, and if you're giving today, you can drop that in there as well or you can give online. Uh, that's a good thing. Um, it, is, uh, it is good to be back with you. Got to be out of town last week for Labor Day. And then uh, 
it was a, which was a beautiful weekend away, except for coming down with something, uh, which I think I caught from one of you before I left. But anyway, uh, <clears throat> I'm almost all the way over it, but not quite. And I did not have much of a voice earlier this week. And, uh, and so I was chatting with my dad, whom you guys love to hear from. And, and he said, well, I can preach for you Sunday if you want. So, uh, so he's going to bring the message in just a minute. But first, I wanted to make sure that uh, just to remind you, next Sunday is our church's birthday party. We're going to turn 23 years old next Sunday. And we would love to have you join us for a cookout, a picnic, some games, some fun outside. Uh, weather permitting, we'll be right out here in the grass next to the church, kind of the backyard of the house next door. And uh, we're going to bring all the meats and all the drinks. And if you want to bring a side dish or something, something like that, and we'll have a birthday cake. But if you want to bring some kind of a side thing, uh, that, always, that always works out well. We would just love to hear what it's going to be. So if you could jot us a note on one of those cards and say, you know, I'm bringing a bag of chips or I'm bringing a you know, thing of Oreos or I'm making a whatever you're making, uh, and you can bring it along, okay? And then we'll have that next Sunday right after the second service. Uh, we'll be right out here, and, um, and that'll be all kinds of fun. So I hope that you'll join us. If you have a friend that, you know, would like to join you for a fun meal, a little cookout, uh, Please invite them to join you. But otherwise, we're just going to be having fun and celebrating 23 years together as a church. Um, <clears throat> let's see. I don't know if there are any other announcements I needed to make. Uh, kids' Bible quizzing has started on Wednesday nights. There's a new women's Bible study going to be starting up here pretty soon. Uh, if you're interested in either of those, please ask. Let us know. And, uh, and if you'd like to be connected in a group and you just aren't at this point, and you can't come on Wednesday nights when we have our little discussion group or something like that, uh, let us know. We'd love to help you plug in, connect with some other folks, because you're probably not alone. There are probably some other folks who their schedule just doesn't let them come to the stuff that we've got right now. And uh, maybe yours match up, and you guys could get together and uh, could talk about um, life and church and God and the Bible and, uh, and encourage each other along the way. All right, so um, like I said, um, my dad's coming up to, to come up and preach in just a moment. And uh, so we're kind of taking a little pause on our Through the Bible series. We're in the book of Acts right now. Although there are, if you've been paying attention or if you were here last week and heard Pastor Judy's message, you'll, you'll see all kinds of connections between what he's about to, to share with us and, uh, and what we see going on in the book of Acts. So come on up, Dad. Um, I always hear uh, good things from you guys when, uh, whenever he preaches, including those of you who just love filling in blanks, and you get to work those pencils and pens. So. Okay. I'm uh, glad you say good things to him when I'm <laughs> speak. That's good. If you think of something bad, just keep it to yourself and tell me. Okay. <laughs> if you were to ask a biologist, what are the essentials of life? He'd probably say, well, you need air, you need food, Water and light. Or if you were to go down here to CVS or Walgreens and ask the pharmacist, hey, what are the essentials of life? Well, he'd give you a list of minerals and maybe some important vitamins that you need. And then there's a group of people I kind of get, it's kind of interesting. They're called survivalists. You ask a survivalist, you know, if you go up in the woods of Michigan or somewhere, uh, what are the essentials of life? Well, you need a shotgun and bottled water and dried food and a bunker. <laughs> So, you know, it depends who you are, what you ask. But so let's just look at this. I want us to focus in on what, us, what I want us to understand here is, if you want to write some stuff down, is we all understand there's physical life. You're here physically this morning. We just shook hands with each other and talked to each other. But there's more than physical. There's the spiritual element. And then there's, of course, you have feelings. So there's an emotional element involved also. And so you have these three, these are just as essential as air and water and light and food. And in fact, without all three of these, you're not living, you're just existing. So I want to look at the essentials for a balanced life this morning and see what there is that we need. I want us to see what there is. So here's what I want us to discover. Five spiritual needs in your life. That's why you're here this morning because you're here in church. So I figured they're spiritual. So number one, here's what you need. You need power to live on because we live in a day and age that can just, just drain you. In fact, things that can drain you are like change. Stuff's changing left and right. I was sitting over here at a table and they were talking about just how automobiles change, you know. You're driving along now and I have what's called, my wife has on her car, assisted power. I say, what is it? Assisted something? Cruise control. And if you're in front of me and you break, that car breaks without me touching anything but the steering wheel. I mean, change. Things are always changing. And that can cause stress. Stress can rob you of power. Conflict. Oh, I don't like conflict. Conflict can drain me. And then, of course, we want everything now 
So delay can drain your life when you need it now and it just never seems to show up. And that's kind of frustrating. So frustration is another thing that can drain you. In fact, I know people that are workaholics. Work can drain you. And um, we're in a time and age nowadays where since COVID, more people are changing jobs because the work is just draining them. So where do you get the energy and the stamina and the power to live on? Where do you get the energy to keep going when you feel like just giving up? Well, people have tried different things. There's all kinds of fads. They're always going around, you know, and therapies and pills and weed and all kinds of stuff. But the real secret to power to live on is this. The secret to power to live on is focusing on God. That's why you're here today. Help you focus on God. And the more you focus on God, the more power you have. See, God's a source of all power. God has all the power you need. His power is evidence everywhere you look. In fact, that's one reason why uh, Luke, the medical doctor, he said nothing is impossible with God. He's got more power than you can possibly imagine, and the power is available, and you get it when you focus on God. If you get your eyes off your problem and onto God, and all of a sudden your problems aren't so big. I love what the old prophet Isaiah said in your notes there. Even children become tired and need rest and young people trip and fall, but the people who trust the Lord will become strong again. They will rise up as an eagle in the sky. They will run and not need rest. They will walk and not become tired. See, God has all the power you need, and you get it by trusting in him and focusing on him. And uh, the more you focus on God, the more you can plug into his power. And yet, we spend a lot of time in our life not focusing on God. But the more you focus, the more power you have. The less you focus, the less power you have. In fact, there's a word for focus on God in the Bible, and that word is worship. The reason why we worship is to focus on God. But I want you to understand something. Worship is not a ritual or a regimen, or a bunch of rules and regulations. It's not even a ceremony. Worship is not a list of things you do or don't do. Worship simply means focusing on God. And the place where I could worship the most, that I did for years, that probably kept my sanity, (laughs) was I'd get up early in the morning, before daylight, and start jogging. I'd jog two, three, four, five miles sometimes, depending on what day it was and how much time I had, and And it was so neat to be outdoors as the sun's coming up and the mother nature's waking up. It was a great time just to worship God and all that was involved. I had no cell phone. I had nothing else. Of course, back when I started doing that, there were no cell phones. But it was just me and God. And believe you me, sometimes you had to ask God, God, help me get back home. I'm getting tired. So anyway, you can worship anywhere with another person in a small group, a large crowd, doesn't matter where you are, focusing on God. You can do it in your backyard. That's the secret of the power to live on. So how do you worship? Well, the psalmist was pretty smart about this. He says in your notes, you need to be still. And know that I am God. Just quiet yourself from the distractions and begin to center on God and his greatness and his love and what he wants to do in your life. He has a plan. He has a purpose. I need to focus on God, and the more I am still and begin to know that God is God, the more you begin to find yourself restored and renewed and refreshed on a daily basis. You need it every day. You see, if you don't, you get overwhelmed, you get fatigued, you get frustrated. You feel like the problems, the pressures, the stress in your life is pretty high level and rising, and you need help. And so I invite you right now just to pause, step back, and be still. Thank God that he's God, and we can focus on him. And that's called worship when you do that. The power that is available to you through God is amazing. Same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Same power that rolled the tomb away from the tomb. That's the same power, same God. It's available to you. So we need to worship. You need power to live on. Here's the second thing you need. You need people to live with. We're made for relationships. 
You need the power of God in your life, but you also need people around you to support you and encourage you and with you and, and fellowship with you. That's one thing I love. Uh, we never did it in any pastor, a church I pastors. I don't know where Pastor Rich learned this because he didn't grow up with it. But I love when we take that little pause in between the music and the sermon where we can talk to people. It's amazing what you learn. He says, pass the peace. And as you know, I don't usually ask you about peace. I'm saying, hey, how you doing today? Because I like to be around people. People need people. Remember when God made Adam and he looked around? Everything was perfect. Man, there was no mosquitoes or anything. Unperfect. It was perfect. Even the weather was perfect. And yet he looked down and he saw Adam. Well, it says in your notes, God said it's not good for man to be alone. God's will for you is not for you to be lonely. You and I were made for relationships. I don't care whether you're married or not or whether you're young or old or Christian or non-Christian. We just need to be around other people. That's one thing COVID taught us. Our young people especially paid a price for not being around other young people in school during COVID. They find out you're more likely to be depressed. More, and they've, get, they've had more people hospitalized now with uh, mentally being clinically depressed and mentally and emotionally having disorders. I mean, it's just amazing what isolation does to you. We're supposed to help each other. We're not supposed to go through life as lone rangers. We need to find a tonto or some group of people we can be around, okay? I met with a group here Wednesday night. It was amazing. I didn't know hardly any of them. So it was really neat to listen to. And their lifestyle was different than mine. It was really interesting to hear how they found out they needed each other. And by the way, the Bible calls it, there in your notes, calls it fellowship. Fellows ship. Or fellows in the same ship, whatever. Fellowship. They realized this in the Old Testament in Ecclesiastes. Solomon said two people are better than one because they get more done by working together. If one falls down, the other can help him up. If you don't have anybody to help you up when you're all alone, pity on you. You need people to live with. And fortunately, God designed a custom-made support group just for you, and that is called the church. Not something we just go to. It's not just an event we attend. It's a family. And that's what I learned Wednesday night. That group that came together, I man, they were a family. They, fam- they knew each other. They helped each other. Yeah, it was amazing. You can be old and be lonely. My wife and I noticed that. When I retired, finally retired last July from being an interim pastor and started attending, they were old people. They didn't know each other. They didn't know a lot of people. So we invited some of them to our house. Having some older people come into our house today, older and wiser. The way I like to look at them. See, the the church is, is, it's it's the family. I was going through the office found a picture of a, one of my friends when he graduated from college that I'd forgotten I had. He was in the yearbook, and he was about three years older than me, and he retired in Florida, the poor guy. And I, I sent him a picture. Look at this. Boy, look at what I found in my office. Your picture back when you were young. His name's Lee. So then I had to tease him. Now they got a hurricane named after you, Lee. And then I found a letter that I got one time that I'd saved. Now, you know I wouldn't be cleaning out my side of the office unless my wife told me to, but there's something I just couldn't let go of, and this was one I just, I kept. I typed it down. Here's what she said. Dear Pastor, this is when I pastored in Portage, I've carried the pain of physical abuse and silence for many years, and a year after a devastating loss, I moved here to get away from it. Disconnected from everything. I was very lonely. She didn't tell anybody her address either. She didn't want somebody finding her. I cried solid for three weeks. And finally, I decided maybe I should try a church. The moment I stepped inside my first service, I felt like I belonged here. To shorten my story, Christ became real to me. I joined the church family. And now I'm serving in a ministry very fulfilling to me. I love being a part here. I know everyone's pain is different, but we all need God. And my pain was almost unbearable without the relationships of the church 
family. So you need people to live with. And that's another reason it's important to come to church, your church family. It's another reason it's a good thing when Pastor Rich gives us an opportunity or Pastor Judy to walk around and talk to each other, that you walk around and talk to each other, get to know people. We need each other. But see, when you get too busy, you know what gets shortchanged? Well, I don't have time to go to church. I don't have time to spend with the next thing you know, to spend time with God the next thing you know. I don't have time to get involved with a group like Pastor Rich was saying. If you don't belong to one, call him up. He'll help get you involved in one. But yeah, you know, I guess next thing you know, you hurt yourself like COVID did. We hurt ourselves when we don't around people. So it says there in, your, in Hebrews, we're going to get to that a little later this year, that book in the Bible. But he says there, the writer of Hebrews says, let us not neglect our meeting together. Why? Because you need it. Not just what you hear and learn, but it's the relationships. It's the relationships. So you need power to live on and people to live with. And then number three, you need principles to live by. You need principles. You need a clearly thought out philosophy of life, a moral foundation, a code of conduct, a conviction that gives you stability. You know, when everything else is flying off the wall, you need to know, hey, no, I know God and he says this is true and I'm believing it. Everything else can fly off over where they went to. I was so impressed yesterday when Coco Goff won the U.S. Open as a 19-year-old. And after she got done going and hugging her mom and dad and seeing some people, she knelt down at her chair and prayed. And the network didn't know what to do with that, so of course they cut away to an advertisement. <laughs> they came back, and the guy, I had, I'd take my hat off to him, I don't even know who he was, but the man that was doing the talking, there's a man and woman up there in the booth, and he says, now you probably noticed when we cut away that Coco was talking to God. Her family's pretty spiritual. And that's one reason why she's such a person of humility and so on and so forth. It was, so it was just amazing, a 19-year-old was willing to do that to let people know right where she stood. She had a principle to live by. She believes in God. It's interesting that the psalmist that was called a God after a man after God's own heart, he, here's what he writes here in Psalms 119. I'm a pilgrim here on earth. I need a map, and your commands are my chart and my guide. Now, that's real important. Did you see this? I am a pilgrim. In other words, this is not our final resting place, folks. We're just passing through like a pilgrim's passing through. But here's the problem. God's principles of living are just the opposite of the world's principles. Figure out what the proper thing to do, and it's almost always the wrong thing to do according to God. Because God's principles about living, about time management, about principles for living, about sex, about living, about how you use your money, just the opposite of what the world tells you to do. Popular culture almost always gets it wrong. And you know, I've seen, we've all talked to people who say, well, you know, you earn your way to heaven by being good enough. You do enough good works that outweigh the bad works. You're going to make it. And God says, uh-uh, you know, well, you're going to make it that way. My son gave his life to pay for your sins. So if you believe in my son, that's how you get to heaven. Of course, popular culture says get all you can as fast as you can and don't let anybody else have any of it. <laughs> God says, no, the way to be happy is to give your life away. Because a man's life does not consist of the abundance of things he possesses. So learn to give and to share because happiness comes from being generous, from being giving. And today, more than ever before, I mean, as we get toward the end of here, 2023, folks, we're getting close to the end of 2024 is around the corner. You're going to, you can put in your mind, I got to live by these principles if I'm going to keep my sanity. What are the statements? What are the values that are going to build your, hold your life up, build you up? And the reason that's important is because in this modern age, people are believing in less and less of what is really true. Jesus told the story. It's on the end of the Sermon on the Mount. I mean, here he's talking on the Sermon on the Mount, and the reason it's on the Mount, he's on a, a mount <laughs> where people can see him. And, and as he's talking to him, he tells about these two guys that went out to build a home. And this one guy, he went out and he built his hand on some shift, his land out there by the beach, you know, on some shifting sand. The other guy went and built his house on the solid rock. And guess what happened? When the storms came, what happened? That sandy house, the house built on the sand, it was gone. But the one on the rock, that solid rock foundation, it kept him. And when 
the rains came and the winds blew, it just stood there. And then he says this there in your notes. Everyone who hears my words and obeys them is like the wise man who built his house on the rock. And there's a word for people who do this. A word for people who build a foundation, who live by God's principles, and that word is holy. God wants you to be holy. Now, holiness should be a goal of your life, but it's a word we're not used to. And we think it's what it isn't. See, when we think of holy, we think of nuns and priests or holy men or some hermit who lives on a monastery somewhere, some super saint. We don't think of ourselves as being holiness. Here's what holiness means. Holiness means being totally dedicated to what God wants. That's it. Your desire for the rest of 2023 should be to be completely dedicated to God's principles. To be completely committed to God's word. To God's way of life. To be completely sold out to what he wants to do with your life. You need to say, Lord, holiness is what I long for. Holiness is what I need. I need to be totally yours. So you need principles to live by. And then number four, you need a plan to live out. You need an outlet for expressing your talents, your abilities that God has given you. A a plan and a place where you can make a contribution with your life, wherever it is. With your talents. You need to plan how God's going to use you to make this world a better place. And, and you know what? That boils down to one of two options. Either you uh, are going to build it by design or you can live your life by default. It's your choice. What's it going to be? You can live your life intentionally or I can leave it, live my life accidentally. I, I can make the most out of what God's given me or I can waste it. Either way. What you need to realize, God made you for himself. So how do I know God's plan for my life? Because he made me. He ought to know, you know, how do I know my place in the world? How do I know my niche? What am I supposed to be doing? What am I supposed to give back? And basically, it's one word, and that's this in letter B there. God's plan for your life is service. He wants you to serve God. He wants you to serve others. We're not here to be selfish. We're here to, to be of service. In fact, the Apostle Paul, we're going to get to in the book of Acts here pretty quick. Pastor Rich takes us through it. Here's what he says. He says, God has made us what we are. Think of that. What what has he made us to do? To do good works, which God planned in advance for us to live our lives doing. See, you are who you are and what you are because God intended you to be that way. God's made you to be what he means for you to be. He has a plan for you to fulfill that nobody else can do. And if you don't be you, who's going to be you? See, we're all unique. We're all different. You may say, I wish I didn't look like this, or I wish I had that talent. I mean, I went through that period of time. I'm in college. My roommate was playing the guitar. He said, how do you like to play the guitar? He said, I'd love to play the guitar. Then you get to be up on the stage and be the center of attention. Why not? But I was left-handed. He's trying to teach me to play guitar right-handed. It didn't work. I couldn't play guitar. I didn't realize I had a left-handed guitar until it was way too late. And I'm so glad I didn't find out because I'd have wasted my life doing something I shouldn't have been doing. But see, you're unique. You're not like anybody else in the world. God made you the way you are because you have a unique contribution. He wants you to make to this world, and he wants you to do it. But you'll miss that contribution if you stop, start copying somebody else. It took me 20 years to find out who I was as I was preaching. I was trying to preach like Billy Graham. So finally, I kind of found the way that God made me, and I thought, okay, I'll be me. And that's when my ministry began to flourish. I love what the Bible says here. This this is Paul saying this again. Paul understood this. His life started in Acts. God gives us many kinds of special abilities. Many kinds. But it's the same Holy Spirit who's the source of them all. There are different kinds of service to God, but it is the same Lord we are serving. See, God uses all of us in different ways. He really does. You can either... Do it by choice and obey God. 
do what he wants, or you can just go by default. Some of the greatest impact you're going to have on other people, by the way, is not anything you planned. I get up every morning and say, okay, God, here I am. I live out in the country. I know you've got something planned, and whatever it is, don't let me miss it. I'll give you one example. So Thursday morning, I'm supposed to give a devotional to a group of pastors in Portage. So I go and I give a devotional to a group of pastors in Portage. And then my wife says, hey, while you're on your way back, can you stop at Myers? Sure. By the time I get there, instead of one or two things, there's like six things on the list. <laughs> I That's okay. He has me here for a reason. So I start at the opposite end. I got to start on the part that has the pills and the vitamins and that kind of stuff. Because she wants me to pick up something because Wednesday morning I'm having a colonoscopy, so I've got to take some stuff on Tuesday. And then I'm walking in there and I'm going to go down this aisle. I've never been down this aisle of Myers. I'm going to go down this aisle on this end. And lo and behold, there's Bill. He says, hey, pastor, how you doing? I'm thinking, okay, God, I know this guy. I don't know who he is. What's his name? But I couldn't have forgotten him. I was his pastor for 20 years. And I get to talking to Bill, and he's got some problems. He's gotten married. He's had stepkids. And he says, I don't know what to do. I said, how, how can I help you today? I said, we didn't just meet by accident. He said, no, I needed to ask you. And then I was able to minister to Bill. But see, you need to be open. You never know for sure. Last week, it was in Menards. So I just kept my antenna up and said, okay, God, whatever it is. week before that, it was at a gas station getting gas, and the person started crying on the other side. I said, you having a problem today? She said, yeah, I am. Next thing you know. You never know. I mean, I think I'm living out there where I'll never see anybody. Next thing you know, God has me working in my unique way. There's nobody else like you in the world. So be sure. And be you, but stay focused on God so that you know. Well, let's look at number five. You need a purpose to live for. People without a purpose don't know what they're doing. Why has God got you here on earth? Everybody, by the way, I don't care who you are this morning, but number, letter A there, everybody needs to feel like their life matters. Your life matters. I don't care if you're homeless or if you're in a penthouse or somewhere in between. You're not just taking up space here on God's earth. You're not just using up oxygen. You're not just wasting resources. Your life matters. Your life counts. You know, God not only has a plan for you, but a purpose for your life. You need to understand that. Because that's what gets you up in the morning. I know God has a purpose for me. I may not know what it is, but man, I'm going to be ready. God doesn't owe us one more day. If he's when my purpose is done, he'll take me. But until then, he's got a purpose for you. Sadly, most people never, ever discover God's purpose for their life. They live, they're just existing. What do you do when you don't know your purpose in life? Well, let her be. When you don't know what your life's purpose, you have three alternatives. And you and I have seen them all. One is you can make up a purpose. A lot of people do that. Just grab something. Oh, I'm into sports. Or I'm into music. Or I'm into politics. Or I'm into whatever. I'm in for whatever it could be. That's not what God says. God says, I, didn't, I, did, I did not create you for nothing. I created you for something. I created you for a purpose, for meaning, for reason. Not just to do nothing. But you try to make up a purpose. You see, we're all born. I discovered this as a farm boy in Kansas. We're all born with a hole in our heart that only God can fill. You were made to have God at the center of your life. And if God is not number one and at the center of your life, then you're going to try to cram something in there that is a poor substitute for God. And you're going to be disappointed. We see people doing that all the time. If you give first class allegiance to a second class cause, you're going to feel betrayed. 
Nothing but God can take that place in your heart and, and fill it up. But if you don't do that, second thing you may try is addiction. And I've seen people addicted to all kinds of stuff. Some people are addicted to social media. Some people are addicted to food. Some, do, some people are addicted to approval. Why did you do that when you knew it wasn't right? Well, I didn't want to disappoint somebody. Well, hey, somebody's not going to care about you when you die. God's going to care about you. Let's just, so I, I care about God. I'd rather be addicted to his way of doing things. Or, number three, you try to escape the fertility of life without purpose by pleasure. And people are doing that every day, trying to party or seek thrills or have an adrenaline rush at the newest movie or some extreme sport, whatever it is. The one guy that figured this out that we find in the book of Acts, because he's in a lot of it, is the Apostle Paul. He says in Acts 20, 24, the most important thing is that I complete my mission. See, he knew what his purpose was, his mission was. The work that the Lord Jesus gave me, and his purpose was to tell people the good news about God's grace. God had a mission, a work for Paul to do that no one else could do. And God has a mission and a work for you that only you can feel. I can't do it. No, your neighbor can't do it, but you can so just focus on God. Say, okay, God, today, help me to be in tune with you. Wow. These are the five essentials you need to do if you're going to make it through 2023 with God's energy and God's power. Now we're going to look at how do you develop healthy relationships and support? How do you build your life? We're going to learn that as we go through the book of Acts. I see all the people in the book of Acts had to do this. They'd never followed Jesus before. Nobody ever had. So they had to get to know these principles. But today, just let me give you the first secret of getting started. First of all, you must get to know God. That's why I said you got to focus on him. Establish a relationship with Jesus Christ. And number two, you must get connected to a spiritual family. Get involved in some kind of a group, even this group, even Sunday morning. It's not a bad group, but it's a big group. I ought to get involved where we can ask questions and get involved in a group somewhere. And... Uh, See, the church exists to help you have power to live on and people to live with and principles to live by, a plan to live out, and a purpose to live for. And if you don't get these here, where else are you going to get them? That's why Pastor Rich has taken us through the Bible this year so you can begin to understand that. I love what Jesus said during the Sermon on the Mount again. He said, the thing you should want most is God's kingdom and doing what God wants. Then, all these other things will be given to you. And then I love the Apostle Peter. We run into him in Acts also. Pretty quick, probably next week. But here's what it says in Acts. Second Peter chapter 1 is where it says, where he wrote his little postcard at the back of the Bible. Jesus has the power of God. His power has given us everything we need to live. That's, that's the essentials of life, what you need. What you need to live and to serve God, we have these because we know him. So we've got to know God. It starts by getting to know Christ. Let's just take a moment and talk to God. Now, dear God, I just want to say thank you. You promised to provide everything that we need to live and to serve you. If we'll put our trust in your son, Jesus. So today I pray for many people who'll take that first step and just really decide, I'm going to focus on Jesus this week. And now why I talk to God out loud, why don't you talk to God silently and say, Dear God, I haven't talked to you much and I haven't talked to you in a long time, but today I want to get started to know you better. I want to be prepared for the rest of this year, so I want to get connected to you and get connected to a church family. I'm going to look to you to meet my needs in these five essential areas of life. So give me your power to live on and please bring the right people into my life that I need for support and help me to live by your principles and I want to know you and I want to follow your plan for my life and I want to fulfill the purpose you created me for. In your name I pray, amen. I'm gonna ask Pastor Rich if he would to come up and lead us in the Lord's Prayer. Would you pray with me the prayer that Jesus taught us? Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And before we go, we're going to celebrate communion together. As the musicians are making their way forward, uh, would you bow your heads with me just for another brief word of prayer? God, we thank you uh, for the opportunity to celebrate this sacrament today, to offer to you these gifts of bread and juice, and to meet here by the power of your Holy Spirit, uh, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, his body broken for us, his blood poured out for us, for our salvation. Thank you, Jesus, for holding nothing back, but giving all of yourself for us, even joining us in death, so that as you conquered sin and death and the devil, we can join you in, in your life, in this victory over sin. We don't have to live as slaves to sin. We can live as your free children. So today we offer you ourselves. We confess our need of your grace and mercy, and we thank you that in Jesus Christ you have taken care of our sin problem. Your word says that if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just and forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So God, we lift up grateful hearts to you, giving you thanks for the love you've shown us in Jesus Christ. And we pray that your spirit, the spirit of Christ, would fill us that we might live in this world, changed from the inside out, living as the body of Christ, as your hands and feet, as your sons and daughters, as a part of this this family you call the church here and around the world. Thank you, God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we sing, you're invited to come forward, take bread from the basket, dip it in the juice and eat it, and return to your seats. It's open to all of us who are saying yes to Jesus today. Uh, whoever you are, wherever you've been, whatever you've been through, uh, if, you, uh, if you don't want to come forward, um, we have some little cups on the table that you can peel back and get to the bread and juice that way. But let's celebrate. Let's give him thanks.
we are so grateful for the love and grace that you have shown us in your son, Jesus Christ. Again, we pray that you would fill us with the spirit of Christ today, that we might live in this world as the body of Christ. God, you know where we're going. You know the, the week ahead of us. Please help us to be open to your Holy Spirit as you guide us, as you lead us into all of these opportunities to share your love and your grace with the people you send us to. Thank you, God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.